right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. I'm Dr. Jay Warren. I am your host, as well as being a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor here in San Diego at the Cabo Wellness Center. And on today's episode, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Tony Carino. Our topic is bridging the gap between crisis care and optimal function. And what exactly that topic is, is getting into the nitty gritty of why we want to bring our kids to a health practitioner. Are we bringing them to merely just get rid of a certain symptom, a certain condition, get helped with a certain problem? Or are we wanting to have our kids not only be symptom-free, but also truly healthy from the inside out? And that's what optimal function is. We're going to talk about that and what it means for a kid to... uh, live that, to embody that, and to express that. So before I switch over to my conversation with Dr. Tony, I want to have you listen to this brief message. I'll come back. I'm going to introduce him to you, and then we'll switch right over to the content. My online course, Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, has been out for a while now, and I've been getting phenomenal feedback from you women who have been learning these prenatal bonding techniques, putting them to use, and having amazing results. The same kind of results that the women in the Rafi study were getting, where by doing these techniques throughout pregnancy, they were having less anxiety and pain during labor. They're needing less obstetrical interventions, including less C-sections. And then afterwards, the babies are sleeping better, which means you're sleeping better. And postpartum depression was less than 1% in the moms who did these techniques. So go over to my website at drjwarren.com CWB and learn all about it. I think this course is amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think it'll really help you have a healthier, happier, and more relaxed pregnancy and a gentler yet powerful birth. All right, so my guest today is Dr. Tony Carino. He's the founder and the clinic director of the Chiropractic Family Wellness and Nutrition Center in West Islip, New York. Dr. Carino is the immediate past president of the ICPA, the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, and it's a position he held since 2005. In addition to running a full-time practice, lecturing in 15 U.S. cities and five countries, Dr. Carino has also served as an expert witness for numerous malpractice cases. His focus on patient education, lifestyle modification, and true disease prevention has provided thousands of patients with a thorough understanding and foundation of natural healing and self-responsible living. So with that, with no further ado, let me switch over to Dr. Tony. All right, Dr. Tony, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I am excited to be here and speak with you today. That's great. And I love the topic that we're going to be talking about because new parents tend to freak out and they're scared about their little kiddos, about maybe even themselves, either in pregnancy or in postpartum. And our topic, bridging the gap between crisis care and optimal function, is a message I know you know so well and you've taught it with the ICPA. And I'm really excited that you're going to have that message for them. 
tell us before we jump into that a little bit about yourself and how you started as a chiropractor starting to talk with other um, offices about crisis care and optimal function and the difference between them. Okay, so uh, you know, I have a bit of a story in regards to how I became a chiropractor. Okay. Um, my, I was your typical chiropractic patient who had hurt his lower back. I herniated my L4 and my L5 disc falling from a two-story window when I was a uh, sophomore in college mm. and um, spent almost a year in and out of doctor's offices, pain medication, injections, traction. Um, because I was uh, only 19 years old, no one really wanted to do spinal surgery on me, thank God. Um, and I did meet some very good orthopedics and neuros who uh, you know, gave me an understanding that I would have problems for the rest of my life and eventually I would need surgery. I met a woman who worked for a chiropractor who wanted to know what was wrong with me and why I always looked like I was bent over and I couldn't stand up straight and I could barely walk without grimace on my face and I was in pain constantly. And she worked for a chiropractor who uh, was a local chiropractor to where I lived. And I really didn't understand chiropractic. You know, we're talking the early 80s um, when chiropractic was actually flourishing, but you know, I didn't have exposure to it. So what I did hear about chiropractic was not good. And so I got to the point where I had no opportunity. I had no other choices. I couldn't take the pain any longer. And as a, you know, a 19 year old kid, that's not a way to live your life. And so I met a chiropractor. In fact, he saw me on a Sunday evening at 11 o'clock at night as an emergency. He had a home office like I do myself. Wow. And looked at me and said, wow, you don't look so good, but I think we can help you come in. Let's examine you. Let's do x-rays. Sat down with me after that was all done. He said, here's the plan. Uh, give me 60 days. And I looked at him. I said, 60 days? I said, I've been like this for almost a year. How are you going to change everything in 60 days? He says, just have faith in me, follow this protocol. And at 60 days, I'll hope for the best view. But I, in my years of experience, I think that we can help you. And I think that uh, it may even be life-changing for you. And so, so be it. Um, it was life-changing for me. I actually started working for the chiropractor. I started doing, I worked his front desk. I answered his phones. I met patients, I introduced chiropractic to people, I gave healthcare classes, because I was just on fire with what had just happened with me. And my idea was, I can do this, I'm an athlete, I'm smart, um, and I'm gonna dedicate my life to becoming a chiropractor. But I really didn't understand chiropractic outside of the box of, man, this guy changed my life when, when the medical doctors couldn't help me. And, and it wasn't any fault of medicine, it was the fact that they were limited in what they could do for me and the only other opportunity for me other than just trying to control the pain or eliminate the pain from chemicals was to have surgery and there was no guarantees what the outcomes would be. In fact, when we looked at the outcomes, they really weren't that good. And so this chiropractor changed my life. I became a chiropractor. I went to Life University. I'm a 1989 graduate. In March, I'll be celebrating my 30th year in chiropractic. Congratulations. Um, I married a chiropractor who was two years behind me in school. Uh, my lovely wife, Shannon, uh, who's also a doctor of chiropractic, who has practiced with me for the last uh, 28 years, day in, day out, husband and wife working together every day um, and still loving it and still best friends. And 
and still with the same dreams and the same mission uh, that we always had to change lives. And it really wasn't until I went to chiropractic school that I really started to say, wow, there's so much more to this than I could ever imagine, uh, especially when I was around individuals who were second and third generation chiropractors. It was amazing to see not only what, how they thought and how they lived their lives, but they weren't your traditional medical patients. They utilized medicine for crisis care. They went for yearly physicals to see where they were at, but they took very little, if any, medication. They had very little, if any, sicknesses that were chronic. They didn't suffer at all. And when they were uh, what I thought was sickness back in the day, expressing symptoms and adapting, uh, that's the way they just lived their life. They said, yeah, I'm not feeling good. I have to get through this. I'm going to nourish myself. I'm going to get more rest. I'm going to deal with my stress. And, and I was like, okay, that just makes so much sense to me. And, you know, being young, I was never a sick child. Um, you know, I had some allergies as a kid. Uh, I wasn't someone who suffered from anything. Um, but, you know, I come from a medically oriented family. And my mom uh, was very straightforward with, you know, going to a doctor, taking what the doctor said as fact, uh, taking medication, and that's what cured you or helped you. And so that's the way I kind of grew up. And so when I got to chiropractic school, it was just a whole different world for me. And so that's really what kind of started to set the stage that I understood chiropractic to be so much more. Now, some people look at the story I'm about to tell next. Um, I lost my dad at a very young age. My dad died very young. Um, I was the oldest of four. Um, I was 18 at the time, and my dad had a massive heart attack uh, while he was shoveling the driveway in front of all our family. And so, you know, I had a 16-year-old sister, 12-year-old brother, and an 8-year-old sister. And it was uh, tough going. And there was a lot of things that I wish that I could have done for my dad because there were no symptoms associated with him having this massive heart attack. He was a smoker. Um, he didn't, you know, eat the best foods all the time. And he did have a lot of stress. Uh, but he showed no signs of having a heart attack until the day he had his heart attack. And so that was another mission of mine. I wanted to find out, well, why did someone who appeared to look healthy, who had no symptoms, die so suddenly? And were symptoms really the things that dictated whether or not one was healthy or sick? And so it became a, a, you know, a goal of mine to really find out the answer to that question. You know, why were all these people expressing symptoms at chiropractic school, but no one was really concerned about them or worried about them? And they said, yeah, I get this, you know, change of season. I haven't been eating right. Uh, I haven't exercised lately. And, man, I'm so stressed out with all these tests that are coming up. And so I, I was like, well, okay. So take care of myself. Try to deal with my stress. Get the rest I need to heal. Support my body with the nutrition I need and the exercise and movement that is, that is needed for all human beings. And, and keep my spine aligned and keep my spine functional, biomechanically functional and stable um, and to allow my brain and my central nervous system to do what it was made to do. Our creator created this amazing being that we look at in the mirror every day, yet the minute symptoms show up, we lose faith in that healing that comes from within. And so a pregnant mom or a newborn child is definitely no exception. So I started to lean towards that, uh, you know, I love children, I love dealing with kids. I was a little league coach when I was younger. 
Um, I had lots of young nieces and nephews that I loved and cousins. And, and I just loved being around kids. And I thought that, man, if I can educate a child and care for a child from a very young age, how much difference would I make in that individual as they grew into a healthy, confident individual? How much of a change in the world would they make that was positive uh, from what I did as, uh, with them and educated them and cared for them as younger children? And so that was very appealing to me. And then I met Larry Webster. And Larry Webster was my teacher at life, my pediatrics teacher. And Larry was a tough old chiropractor from Missouri. Uh, he was old school. He was straightforward. He was, he was everything that I thought a New Yorker was, but I actually found a guy from uh, Missouri <laughs> who had that same type of attitude. Right. And so he was a guy who just didn't think about uh, you know, what people thought, he felt that there was change that needed to be made in the healthcare system, especially within the pregnancy and pediatric world. And chiropractic was the thing that he promoted to pregnancy, uh, pregnant women and to children, um, whether they were in utero or whether they were newborns. Um, he believed that the earliest intervention was important. And, and not necessarily an intervention, but a check and an evaluation to make sure that there was no stress on the brain's ability to communicate through the central nervous system to the rest of the physiology as that pregnancy continued for mom and baby or when that child was born and through life. And so like chiropractic college where I went in Marietta, Georgia, really prepared me and I was so fortunate to be with Dr. Webster and work by his side hand in hand with him and so that's really what brought me into that reality. And so from that point on, my only goal was to be a family practitioner. And it wasn't necessarily to take care of people who walked in and had sciatic pain or disc herniations like I did. Although that's where I came from, so I was really good at that because I understood the pain they were in, I understood the problem they had because I had experienced it myself. But at that time, my wife and I weren't married. She was still in school. We had no children. So being an authority from experience, uh, I, had, I had no place that I could say, look at this. These are my children. These are, you know, all I could do is go on what I learned and how I was going to apply it. And so when I got into practice, that's the way we've set up our practice, that we wanted to see families, that we wanted to care for people. We wanted to take care of people who suffered from musculoskeletal, neuromusculoskeletal problems, who had crisis problems where, you know, they had a severe low back injury, they were in a car accident. We, of course, looked at all those patients. And a lot of those patients also needed the crisis intervention that medicine was so good at. So we didn't draw a line between medicine and chiropractic from one is good and one is bad. We just drew the line and said, listen, this is what medicine is from, uh, from a standpoint of crisis intervention and saving lives. And this is what chiropractic is from a point of supporting health and leading lives. So there was a difference there, but I did not want a patient to ever think that I took the place of their medical doctor or that I took the place of even their pediatrician or their OBGYN because those individuals in their life were extremely important. And what we just tried to do is give them the most logical reasoning and the most natural reasoning to apply to the situations that they were going through in regards to having a new baby, being a pregnant person, 
uh, having that child now and raising that child. You know, pregnant women, um, you know, it's not easy to be pregnant, but some pregnant women just go through pregnancy without a glitch. And some people have so many problems. But both of them are really not ready for what's coming when that baby is born. And so uh, the way that we looked at it is we said, okay, we have you here, you're pregnant, and we want you to understand that our adjustments that we provide for you and the way we evaluate you is setting the stage for you to get the best opportunity to not only go through your pregnancy with the least amount of stress on your body, but also to help you finally get to the level of labor, go through labor and delivery without a lot of intervention. That it, it's going to happen, uh, our goal is to have it happen without intervention and as natural as possible. And so that's really where we began with pregnant women. And then when we started to take care of the kiddos, uh, that was more of a scenario of people coming in and the reason why they were bringing their, so their children is one, they were pregnant when they were under our care, but the biggest reason they were bringing them in is because they were failing in the drug therapeutic model. And, or they were getting results, but the results were only short term, and the only time they had the results is when they took whatever that advice was of drug therapy. And I think what started to happen is people started to realize that maybe there's something else I can do. I understand that this is going to help in a crisis, but maybe there's something I can do to help support my child's system and to help support my child's health that doesn't involve waiting to symptoms show up or a child expressing what we perceive as sickness, uh, which chiropractic looks at as adaptation. Um, and, and more people began to show up. But the biggest problem was they were coming in with medically diagnosed conditions and they were looking for doctors of chiropractic to provide chiropractic care to those conditions. And then they were looking for those conditions to be relieved, improved, resolved under chiropractic care. And so that is one of the biggest misconceptions that the public has when they walk into a chiropractic office and they try to treat the chiropractor as if it's a medical doctor where the disease is going to be recognized, it's going to be diagnosed, and then the doctor is going to provide a regimen of care for that disease. And in chiropractic, that does not exist. Um, one of the things I didn't mention is I've been heavily involved in risk management. I'm a co-founder and co-owner of the third largest risk management malpractice company in the profession of chiropractic. And so that's what we see is that there's really, it's a very safe science and a very safe protocol of care, uh, but we see that the real problems lie within the communication between the patient and the doctor. And so the patient comes in with expectations, fills out forms, just like they do in any other healthcare provider's office, and so there's not much difference when they walk in the office. There's gonna be a consultation, there's gonna be an examination, there's gonna, the doctor's gonna come to a clinical impression of what that what's really going on in the individual, and then the doctor's gonna provide a plan of care. Now, the plan of care is not for the alleviation or the resolution of a disease or a condition. The plan of care is focused on restoring optimal function through the central nervous system by utilizing the spine and making sure that the spine is functioning optimally. And so in that process, the body becomes uh, more potentiated and better at adapting because the communication channels are now 
more consistent and more congruent with the body itself. And so the message from the brain to the spinal cord, to the organ tissues and cells, becomes one of consistency and congruency. Now, that is not where it stops because we need to empower the patient to understand that they are just as responsible for helping themselves and keeping themselves well and dealing with crisis or not even crisis or just not being well as the doctor is. So the doctor sees the patient. I mean, let's be honest. How much does the doctor see the patient? 15 minutes. And that's probably a lot for the average visit where you're actually in a room and talking to a doctor and getting advice. So in that 15 minutes, how much can you really learn and how much can you really do um, other than, you know, adjust a patient or write a prescription? But, you know, both protocols are the standards of treatment for, chiro for chiropractic and medicine. And we don't want the public to confuse the two. They are completely separate entities. The only uh, commonality is the treatment of back and neck pain. Because back and neck pain uh, is a therapeutic model of care where people come in hurt and they have problems. And so the treatment in that realm is to relieve pain and to relieve the musculoskeletal problems that exist that cause the pain and restore function to the person's spine and their ability to actively uh, um, play a role in their activities of daily life without having pain or compromise of movement. And so that is a big thing in our society where patients suffer from low back pain, even children, even pregnant women. And of course, you know, as we go through life, I think the statistic is 85% of people will, will suffer from low back pain. And so people come in with back pain, get that kind of therapeutic treatment that back pain is relieved. And so society portrays, believes that chiropractic are back pain doctors. And so when a, a, a mom comes in who's pregnant, you know, she usually comes in and says, oh, I got sciatic down my leg, my hands are numb, I've got low back pain, I'm getting these headaches. And chiropractic is a miracle to them because in that world, they can't take a, a medication. They don't want to take lots of medication because they're trying to live as natural as possible because they have another body that's growing within them. And so chiropractic is a great option in that realm. But then they start to see that my energy's returned. I'm sleeping better. I don't have any more of this heartburn. And, and then, you know, it's a little bit of confusion. Well, why is all this happening? And sometimes the chiropractor gets caught up in that and is happy to hear those things. So says, well, that's what happens when you get an adjustment. Your, you know, your uh, blood pressure improves and your heart rate gets better and your energy. Well, sometimes. And so... We, 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 we don't want to get locked into symptoms. We just want to get, you know, be acknowledging that the human body has many symptoms it expresses, and each individual is unique. And so each individual is an individual where it's a little different than standard of care of treatments where diseases are diagnosed, and then there's a standard of treatment that is provided that everyone follows no matter what the age group, what the sex, what the ethnicity, what, where they live in the world, what kind of food they eat, what their familial tendency are. None of that is taken into account when you walk in with strep throat, everybody gets amoxicillin or a broad spectrum antibiotic. And so that one size fits all mentality is not what chiropractic does. It doesn't treat disease. In fact, it doesn't treat any diseases. It looks at this thing called subluxation which for some reason, this, the, the, 
the population has a hard time remembering and saying. Um, people have called it a subway station, a su <laughs> you know, a subway sandwich, that subjugation thing. But they can say things like orthodonture, but we've had a problem getting them to understand subluxation. <laughs> so really what that is, it's a, a misalignment of the spine that creates a biomechanical problem that does have multiple aspects of it uh, that does cause pain, that does cause symptoms. But the biggest thing we have to understand that it's not your knee or your ankle or your wrist. It is your spinal column that surrounds your spinal cord, which is the direct extension of the sole communicator of the body, the brain. And the nervous system is what it uses to communicate with. And so anything that distorts that message just reduces human potential and the ability for the human being to adapt internally and externally to both environments. And so that is really what chiropractic is founded on, this ability for one to adapt and to increase that adaptation of the body to the world around it. And, and what we call it is the chemical, physical, and emotional stresses that one endures on a daily basis. Right. So it's not easy for the individual to transition from this patient so used to going to doctors only when they're sick or they don't feel well to find out why they don't feel well, as opposed to not just doing that in a chiropractic office, but also going to chiropractors to maintain the integrity of their spine, the function of their spine, and the, and the ability of the body to adapt, not just when they have symptoms, but throughout their lifetime. So you can kind of look at that as a new mom, as you know, when your child starts having teeth develop, you're gonna take care of those teeth, and you're gonna do a lot of things on your own as those teeth develop. But as you get older, and there's longer that those teeth are there and exposed, you may need to see a dentist. And then when you see a dentist, most of the time, initially, it was for crisis. I got a toothache. I've got gums that are bleeding. I've got, you know, a problem with my bite. My teeth aren't straight. I'm having problems chewing, you know, any of those things. And then once the public really understood dentistry past, you know, wait till my tooth is rotting so it can be pulled, and the dentist said, no, this is how you maintain your teeth. And once or twice a year, you should come in and we should take a look and we do a cleaning and it's prevention. But every day of their lives, they're practicing prevention by flossing and brushing and watching how much sugar they eat and keeping their teeth healthy. So chiropractic is basically that aspect of healthcare where the spine is not only corrected and restored to its normal function, but we know that physical, chemical, and emotional stresses are there every day in our life. And now we add a new stress, which is this postural stress we see that is a little bit outside what we used to think physical was, because physical was more associated with injury and movement and that kind of stuff, where today we have technology that's creating these prolonged static postures at very young ages before the spine and the rest of the physiology is even developed. And so when a mom comes in, we try to share that information with them outside of this condition or symptom that they presented with. And we advise them that we don't treat asthma or allergies or infections or uh, bedwetting or any of these things. What we do is we evaluate the spine, we evaluate it for optimal function, and then in our process of evaluation, when we do find a dysfunction, we correct that dysfunction, and in the same process, chiropractors are trained to deal with nutritional uh, support, exercise, uh, you know, mental well-being, uh, advice on sleep, 
Uh, so it's really, uh, you know, what, you, what we term as alternative in our society. It's more of just a holistic approach of self-awareness and self-care. And so we really place the onus more on the patient because we empower the patient through education and knowledge. We empower the patient through allowing them to come in, receive chiropractic care, and just be in awe of how their body changes and the mystery. And so um, getting back to, and, and it's important that people know that, and that's why I start right there, because patients come in with certain concept, you know, perceptions and goals that not necessarily are consistent or congruent with what chiropractic really is, and then chiropractors often try to fit that person into that mold and acknowledging all those symptoms and then getting caught up in the symptoms, caring for the patient, their symptom goes away, and what happens? The patient leaves the practice, doesn't, doesn't really understand health maintenance or maintenance of their spinal structure from chiropractic care, and then they wait until symptoms show up again and they show back up in the chiropractic office. And so it's basically, they're using the chiropractor very much the way they use the, our, our traditional healthcare system, which is a basically a sickness, disease, symptom, care, symptom uh, system, which is based upon crisis. And so we can understand the benefits of that are, are amazing. You know, we just had a patient who walked in and she was having some problems. She's in her 36th week of pregnancy and her blood sugars are all over the place. And, you know, through diet and through, you know, nutritional changes, chiropractic care, getting rest, she stopped working, did all the things. Her blood sugars were still just out of control. She had to go on a medication that helped stabilize her blood sugars because she was suffering from gestational diabetes, which means that baby's gonna grow rapidly. She may have a chance of having a preemie, uh, not necessarily a preemie, but an early delivery. Um, and then, you know, we have to worry about the manifestations of what happens with blood pressure and everything else and the stress on the physiology of the mom's body and then the baby that's grown. And so the crisis was that she had high blood sugars that couldn't be controlled naturally. She went on metformin and her pregnancy has become beautiful at this point. And so there is a definite uh, cooperation that needs to exist between medicine and the chiropractic profession because we don't do anything the same other than help people and do our best to do that every day. And there has to be, uh, you know, this thing removed from our society that um, alternative health care and, and medical care don't like each other. I think the biggest problem is they don't understand each other. And in medicine's defense, sometimes, you know, patients are going to chiropractors with asthma, and the expectation is my asthma is going to get better or my child's asthma is going to get better, and they won't need to go to their medical doctor, and they won't need to take these medications, and so on and so forth. Well, maybe, but it doesn't mean they don't need to go to their medical doctor because the medical doctor is one of their, part of their healthcare team. And, of course, the medical doctor would be concerned if they just stopped using medication or if they had a crisis and they didn't have the medication on because they thought they were cured. And so I think that for the betterment of humanity, the communication between both is a necessity. So when, when we take on young children, uh, obviously we talk about the pregnancy, we talk about the birth process, and how much invasiveness was provided, you know? Uh, you know was the child reach? Uh, did they have a C-section? Uh, how long was their labor? Uh, what kind of interventions occurred? Did they have back pain and have back labor where they were given an epidural 
did they break their water? Did they speed up their contractions? Um, you know, how much hands were placed on the baby? Was any instrumentation used? Because in all of that process, even in a totally natural delivery vaginally, um, there is always stress on the head, the neck, and the rest of the spine. And so it's appropriate for a doctor of chiropractic to, that's trained to take care of young babies to look at that child to assess what might have happened during that birth process. And, and these things that happen during the birth process don't manifest themselves as pain because your two-month-old isn't going to tell you they're having a headache and they're not going to tell you their neck hurts today or I got a little numbness in my big toe or any of that stuff. And so chiropractors that are, are, are trained in, in, in family care and pediatric care have specialized in this evaluation of children and have taken you know, extra in, you know, uh, classes and, and curriculum to make them even better than what they were just graduating from chiropractic school. And so in that realm, there is an absolute necessity for a child to be evaluated, checked, and cared for by a chiropractor. And what the parents will find is the gentleness and the safety of it. That's, you know, there's no other healthcare profession in the world that can tout the safety uh, record of chiropractic. There is none, okay? Um, since 1895, there has never been a child that has suffered any kind of fatal injury from a chiropractic adjustment or from chiropractic care, okay? That is an amazing statistic when last year alone, uh, uh, just under 50 uh, individuals under the age of eight died from taking Tylenol. And so, you know, is Tylenol necessary in certain things? Sure it is, but you're not aware of the possibility that you may react to it abnormally because it's something you can buy over the counter. And that's with any medication. And we're not anti-medicine, we're not anti-drug. We are uh, anti, acceptance of, of a model that doesn't acknowledge the responsibility of the patient to take care of themselves, and that does not acknowledge the fact that the human body is the ultimate healer, and that doctors are just these mediators of that healing response, okay? Um, chiropractors don't save lives, they lead them. And when they lead them, eventually, people save their own lives by living a healthier life, by removing the bad things in their lives or never beginning bad things in their lives in the first place because it's a true education of prevention and wellness as opposed to that's bad, that's bad, don't do that, don't do that. It's more of an explanation of here's what your body needs to be well and here's what you need to do to keep it well and here's what we do to support that process. And so that's really where chiropractic lies. Um, and because we don't communicate that enough and we don't start off the first visit with a new patient that way, um, we sometimes get caught in a bit of a problem when the patient gets rapidly better so quickly their symptoms are eliminated and we haven't had an ability to really tell them why that's happening because they think it's the magical chiropractor, you know, and this adjustment that they got. Yes, it's magical, it is. And this unleashing of human potential that we sometimes see that's spontaneous is overwhelming to where sometimes you're even amazed yourself as the doctor. Um, but that does not mean that a person doesn't need to maintain and, and have their spine evaluated on a regular basis. And that regular basis will be determined on, obviously, how old you are, how many incidences you've had, where your spine is at at the time you begin care, 
um, what things you do in your life, and of course, you know, where is stress and how much of it are you in control? So we talk about in chiropractic salutogenesis. And salutogenesis is nothing more than the body uh, looking to be healthy and maintaining health. And if we looked at our lives and we asked this self or this thing or this question to ourselves, is the absence of symptoms and feeling good the equivalent to being a healthy person? That is the million-dollar question. Because in our system today, we don't run to a doctor unless we don't feel the way we did the day before, or unless we don't feel well, or unless we perceive that the way we feel must be be a sign of sickness and yet we're not connected to our own physiology we're not aware of our own well-being I mean if you don't feel right if you are really connected to yourself you could probably think of five or six things that you've been doing or that you just recently did that probably led up to why you feel this way today okay and so we, we, we have to have some kind of acceptance of, of responsibility uh, when it comes to not only caring for ourselves, but raising children today, you know, um, and then dealing with this aspect of stress that exists every day in our lives. And so the next end of that discussion with our parents is, well, what do you understand stress to be? Right? So we have this, is sickness really symptoms and disease? And none of that that exists or you can find equates to health. And then, you know, are these symptoms abnormal or are they normal and are they part of an adaptation of the body? And is it so important to control these symptoms and remove them when they are the sole alarm system of the body that's telling you something is going on that you need to address, right? And so from those two worlds, you know, that's where the initial conversation begins that we talked about, you know, what is your perception of health? What do you want here in the chiropractic office? What do you know about chiropractic? Um, what have you heard? Um, have you ever had a chiropractor before? Have you received a chiropractic adjustment? These are important questions for the chiropractor to ask the patient so they can begin with the right clean slate and not a biased one. Um, and, you know, and, and it really should be one that is accepting of where the patient's at and, and where that patient wants to go. Some patients may say, you know what, I'm really not interested in optimizing my health. I just want to get rid of my back pain. I just want to get through this pregnancy. I just want my kids' asthma to be better. And so the chiropractor really has to explain and continue to explain on a regular basis how important it is for them to understand our philosophy, our theories of health and health care, and why we do what we do. Because the worst thing that can happen is that a doctor and patient have the wrong goals or don't have similar goals and are on two separate pages. Yes, so true. Well, Dr. Tony, this message has been absolutely fantastic. In our, in our last minute here, like where can people listening here like get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing or any other resources you have available for them? Well, you can always find me through the ICPA for Kids website. I am a, a founding board member of the ICPA. I'm its immediate past president. The ICPA is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, the largest, and I will use the word alternative, uh, healthcare association, uh, member association of doctors uh, in, in, the, in the world today, as far as chiropractic is concerned. Over 6,000 members, um, and we had a, 
Uh, we've had an unbelievable run in educating the public and, and training and educating doctors and providing research that supports what the chiropractic profession does in regards to the safety and efficacy of our care and results that are, are based from our care uh, for families and for wellness. Very good. Well, I'll make sure that link is uh, available for everyone that's listening here. Dr. Tony, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your passion, um, bridging that gap of what we talked about between like parents being in crisis mode and understanding there's a natural way, there's a, um, a better way of restoring function and the healing ability of our bodies to be able to allow our kids to be healthy and for our, ourselves to be healthy as well. Thank you again. Thank you, Dr. Jay. Appreciate you and appreciate the time you take to do this. Hi, it's Dr. Jay again, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing, and I, as a parent, learn a ton from these experts coming on and sharing their wisdom, so I hope you're getting a lot out of it, too. And I want to share something else with you. I've created a guide called the 40 Ways to Connect with Your Baby During Pregnancy. It's full of simple things you can do on a day-to-day basis that will help strengthen that bond that you have with your baby. It's a free download. You can go to my website at drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and just enter an email. I'll send it right to you. You can download it and start working on it right away. All of the research that I'm learning in the fields of epigenetics and attachment parenting is showing that the more bonded you are during your pregnancy with your baby, the better the birth is going to go and the better parenting is going to go because you have that strong foundation, a strong connection to build upon. So go again to my website. It's drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and get that free guide. And again, thanks for listening.